Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hello, and welcome to the Publicly Challenged Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Oswald, and I hope you join me on my quest for knowledge to become a better public land hunter, angler, and forager. Stick with this, and who knows, maybe we will learn something together. All right, real quick before we get started on the show, I'm just going to talk about Treeline Academy. You've heard me say it. I can't even tell you how many times. Um, Mark Livesey is treelineacademy.net. That's treelineacademy.net. Sign up. Use the promo code PC2020. Save yourself 20 bucks. Can't say it enough. It's awesome. Amazing. Most comprehensive e-scouting course out there. Check it out for yourself. Sign up. Use promo code PC2020. And now let's get to the show. Okay, so I'm sitting here, and I am talking to Aaron Sheets. And Aaron, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself for everybody listening? Yes, sir. I'm a uh, co-owner of Barren Ridge Tree Stands. Um, we got started here in November of 2021. Um, personally, I'm a graduate of uh, Radford University 2013. I'm a project manager and estimator, and uh, been hunting for about 20 years, and I'm really excited to be on the show and thank you for having us on. No problem. So let's, uh, let's kind of get into a little bit. You're from Virginia. You live in the Blue Ridge Mountains or at least near the Blue Ridge Mountains. Is that where you primarily do most of your hunting? Yes, sir. Um, I do mostly private land hunting, very little bit of public land. Um, the guys that co-own the company with me, they do primarily public land hunting in the mountains and yeah, that's kind of where the product got started is with uh, the co-owner, Alex, hunting in the public land. So let's kind of, let's let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, but before we get into that, I want to kind of just get a feel for like what, what it's like hunting. Uh, I mean, it's mountainous. You and I talked a little bit earlier. It's very dense uh, timber out there, right? Um, how long you been doing that? Is it 
mostly over bait? What, what What's it like? Um, no, baiting is outlawed here in Virginia. Okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's mainly hardwoods. It's um, primarily oaks and hickories and very, <laughs> very steep mountains. Um, typically, what they do to get into most of their deer is to um, hunt the saddles, the crossing routes, and just find the ridges that are dropping acorns, bucks on, and um, when you get into the right pockets, you can have a pretty good success. Yeah, I mean, so you said you've been hunting for how long? 20-something years? About 20 years. 20 years. Mm-hmm. So uh, in that 20 years, how have you progressed, and is there anything like you've really picked up that you you did you know what i mean because it, it's made a big difference from me from when i first started now and i hunted primarily private land and when i made the switch to public that's when i truly realized like i am publicly challenged it it uh that's that's how the name and everything the culmination of everything is how it all started and it was uh you know your challenge you're realizing you're you're against people you're you're uh trying to fight for a good spot you're trying to figure out the lay of the land figure out the deer and figure out mostly the people to try and get to that point so i'm just kind of curious um i i know you said you hunt mostly private but your buddies hunt public and uh co-owners of the company when uh you guys are doing that i mean is it like that out there or is it just vast acreage where you can kind of get away and get your own own spots So for what Alex does, um, it's, yeah, it's vastly different. Um, him and Corey have greatly progressed through hunting public lane and that's really helped them when they hunt private. Um, so I got started hunting with my dad. My dad hunted public land and When we first started, it was, you see a buck, you shoot it. And progressing through that and getting more serious with Alex, it grew to trying to actually shoot something worthwhile. And that was a tough challenge for me because, you know, growing up shooting four or six-pointer, we was happy with it. And to make that next level jump was something that was difficult to overcome. But Alex really helped me with that and helped show me that, there's a big difference with hunting deer and hunting bucks. And when they go out to public land, you know, they still kind of carry that same mentality. Like we're not just going to go after small bucks. We're going to try to find the biggest, the best. And that's just a different game altogether. And they do a great job with it. And they see a pile of stuff as far as like hunting pressure goes. Yeah. That's how the, product got developed because Alex and Corey, when they go out, they're not hunting a hundred yards off the road, 200 yards off the road. They're traveling two miles back in crossing huge mountains and really getting back in there to where deer are seldomly bumped, seldomly even hunted. And that was the basis of the product was they wanted to get back there and find those four and five year old deer. Well, most of the people that hunt public around here, they're going to shoot one-year-olds, two-year-olds, and that's it. So when you get back in there, you're going to see a lot more deer, but you're going to put your time in. You're going to know what you're looking for, and they're great about that. So let's let's go ahead and talk about your product then. But I'm kind of curious, um, 
do you guys have a lot of like the tree the the timber out there is it mostly like a taller canopy with uh not a lot of low branches or is that kind of because because around here a lot of times like the whole reason i switched to a saddle i used to use a hand climber quite a bit and when i used that hand climber it worked good but there were some places i got into and i actually got in on a really really big buck and and wanted to hang and hunt and hoped he'd come back to his bed because i kicked him out of it and there was nowhere i could hang nothing i could do mm-hmm. and i'm like man if i sit on the ground i'm gonna blow this i'll just come out of here it didn't work out but i uh after that i kind of said you know what i'm gonna get a saddle my back would always hurt anyway from sitting in a regular tree stand and having the option of that saddle really helped me so i'm just kind of kind of curious was that part of it too or was it just you guys didn't want to carry a climber anymore and you know big bulky something cumbersome what was kind of the basis of it because i mean it's a neat it looks like a really neat product but i'm just kind of curious where where that came from and how that you know truly developed into what it is that's a good question that's a question we get a um a lot of so primarily our mountains are hickory oak pine and poplar so very straight trees, very little branches. Or if you have branches, they're small enough to where you can cut them off with a handsaw that you carry in your pack, and you can be on your way with making minimal noise. Um, yeah, so the full story is is that um, one of our buddies, Dev McManaway, he got involved in the saddle hunting, and he was talking to Alex about it, and Alex loved the idea, and he started using a saddle, and he started carrying the climbing sticks along with the platform well again he's walking two three miles back in there so what he did was he developed something just for himself because he got tired of carrying the sticks tired of the extra bulk the clanging that the sticks made walking into the woods and he developed a platform and we grew up using climbers like you said because our trees are straight we're blessed. We're not like everybody else around the United <laughs> States. We have we have <clears throat> we have vast mountains with, as most people call them, telephone poles. It is what it is. We're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> um, that kind of on a side note, that kind of also is a little bit of a hindrance when the entire mountain range is dropping acorns. Everything's got food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good luck narrowing down. Um, so he developed it and he started using it himself, and he told some of his close friends about it and we were a little hesitant because we're like man hunting out a saddle hunting out a tiny platform like you know what's that really gonna do for me well alex is a taxidermist by trade and he'd have 100 couple people coming in there a year and they start asking him about it like you know what do you got going on here like what's is this like a climber for a toddler like what do you got going on here things like a foot wide by a foot long and he started letting people use it use it in his backyard and we're, they were like, Dude, you got something here. <laughs> and I use it and some other of our buddies use it. And we were like, dude, this is, this is awesome. Like you got something going on here. And it's not only great for public land where you got to hike in a couple hundred yards, a couple miles. Like I use it where I hunt private land where I got to walk a hundred yards from my stand just because saddle's comfortable. The climber's nice because in wind direction, I can change. If the buck's bedded to the north and I got a north wind, well, I can still adjust and just move up the ridge a little bit, maybe get in position to kill him. It's just a versatility thing. It's a compact thing. It's lightweight. So 
it doesn't hinder you when you're walking in and even setting up's like extremely easy with it. So it has a lot of, it has a lot of benefits. Right. So let's kind of, let's, uh, now that we've been talking about it like that, let's, let's kind of break it down as far as what it is exactly and, and how it's used because we've talked about it. We kind of said it's like a climber, but when I look at it, it looks, and to me, like I've often thought about using a seat for the hand climber that you could actually use that you climb with, right? And putting some straps on it or something, but it just never seems stable or quite sturdy enough to to be able to side load it or do anything like that. So for all the listeners out there so they can get a visual of it, I mean, how how would you best describe it? And then I'll try and break it down too so so they can get a real clear, concise idea here. So the easiest way to describe it is is it looks like one of the older API climber platforms. Um, it is like a classic design. It was designed that way because <clears throat> that was the safest way we could design it mm-hmm. to where we could um, <clears throat> concentrate the load to be in the center of it. So you got your arms at the 45 degree angle that connect to the vertical arms. And those are connected by um, D-loop pins. And that, again, that's so that your load can be distributed distributed equally throughout the platform. And then we have a cable that runs around the tree that has a loop that's crimped three times. And that's a steel cable that's um, wrapped in rubber. And it's not as pretty as the uh, lone wolf. I'm not going to pretend it is. <laughs> lone wolf is cast versus ours is tubed. But for those that actually do not know, tubed is much more stronger than cast aluminum. And ours has been tested by the ASTM for static load. It's rated up to 300 pounds. For those that don't know, the static load test is to hang 600 pounds off the front of the stand for two minutes. And it is visually inspected. And if there's any deformation in the stand, it fails. It's been repetition tested by the ASTM standards through SGS, TEC, and Georgia. And that test is 10,000 repetitions at 300 pounds. It hangs off the front and it bounces off to simulate a climbing motion with a piston on. And it also has been um, tested through static adherence. And that's where a 300 pound plate is placed on each of the four corners to see if there's any deformation in the stand when you stand on one side or the other of it. So this is not a homemade project. We do have it third party tested. We are insured, licensed and all that good stuff. So that's all to say that the tube aluminum, the tube aluminum is safer than the cast aluminum. Yeah. No, I think it looks pretty cool. It, it to me it reminds me of like I had an old Viper uh a summit tree stand that was the old Viper. I don't even remember which one. But I hated that thing. That's when I went and got the lone wolf hand climber because it was just if I was hunting private land and I could set it up at the base of the tree at a beginning of the week and maybe move it one or two trees over or something like that, it would have been ideal. But for me, going back and going sometimes going deep or wherever I'm going or up and down hills 
it just gets caught on every single branch and everything in the way. Mm-hmm. And I hate it. I just absolutely hated it. I listed it and sold it on uh, Marketplace or something before I even had another tree stand. I just wanted it gone, so I had no choice but to get something else. And luckily, I found mm-hmm. the Lone Wolf Climber, and I used that for a little while. But then once again, it wasn't as big. It wasn't as comfortable. And and mm-hmm. then I started having problems where I couldn't sit even for like a full half day or something. It just it hurt too bad, especially when you're doing multiple sits, you know, getting down and, and going back out in the evening or whatever, a whole day sit was impossible. And I found myself standing. So then I was like, man, you know, my back hurts. What can I do? So I started saddle hunting and, and using climbing sticks. And I hate climbing sticks because they are loud. They take a while to put up. Um, but now I've got some quieter sticks. I've got some timber ninja sticks. They're, they're a lot quieter. And so, I mean, it, it Every little thing helps, but I mean, if you had the right scenario, that's kind of like the ultimate approach. It's better than having linemen's like climbing spikes or tree climbing spikes because you're not, you know, making as much noise and it's not as scary in the dark, you know, to climb up mm-hmm. a tree. So it's pretty cool. And that's what it reminds me of, though, is like a, a just a honey, I shrunk the kids with like the beam coming down and shrinking a full size platform. But I mean, how does it hold up as far as like side side loading and stuff? Can you swing around the tree and stand on it and stuff? That's probably one of the more <laughs> common questions that we get. And um being the business owner and being insured with our safety instructions, we say that you have to keep your weight centered in the tree stand. Okay. Right. Um. <laughs> For liability yeah, reasons, um, we don't have to say that. That's I get it. I I get where you're going with that. When we don't have to say that. Um. But okay. So the, the so maybe answer, somebody the full, the full may have done be... it, but according to the specs and manufacturer specs and uh, and for insurance purposes, we're not going to say that you can do that. It's a good assessment. That's fair. <laughs> okay, that's a fair assessment. So, are you able yep. to uh, work your way around the tree with it? I mean, is it quiet enough to where you can do that without to, to where you can pivot on the tree and like move around and then move your anchor? Is that kind of uh... absolutely okay? Mm-hmm. And so the... absolutely, and 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 a lot of that. Uh... Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. You're saying that a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of it depends on um, the kind of tree you're climbing. So if like uh, if you're in the south and you have some shaggier bark pines and stuff, you know, it's just going to be predicated upon the kind of tree you use. If you do it on like an oak tree, um, yeah, you're going to be quiet. And it's a lot of it is the same as any other aspect of hunting. Like if you're one sticking or if you're using your sticks, it has a lot to do with your experience with it and how comfortable you are using it and how much time you've invested into climbing with that system if you're with a soft bark tree you know yeah it's going to be a little more quiet if you're with an again an oak tree or hickory tree yeah you're gonna be pretty quiet with it if you're on like a shaggy bark hickory or a shaggier pine you're gonna make noise and a lot of it just depends on you as the climber um and your experience with it but generally what i found with it and hunting with it all season long here since october is it's very quiet the um lock nuts that we have on the bolts and the pins the way we have them drilled 
is we have it drilled as tightly as possible so that they don't make any noise. So if you're climbing with it and you're taking your time and you're being conscientious, you're going to be really quiet. Like you, you can sneak right up a tree. Yeah. So, um, I'm trying to think of the, like, how do you climb it with it then? Is it something that you use just your lineman's belt or is it something that you use just like move your tether as you go along? I mean, kind of like a one stick type, uh, scenario. What would it be more similar to? Um, you're going to, you're going to use your, uh, tether as you go up. So you're going to put your tether up about as high as you can, as high as you can reach, and you're going to tighten your tether. And then you're just going to lean back into your saddle and just place your non-climbing foot against the tree. You're not really going to push off. You're just going to just prop it. And then you're just going to lift your foot up and then set it. And then you're going to tighten your tether again. Then you're going to lean back, put all your weight against your saddle, put your non-climbing foot up again, and then just lift your foot up. It's really a effortless climb. Like in the video that's <clears throat> that we have out right now on YouTube, that's kind of hard to portray that it's not a two-foot climbing thing. Like you're really just using your non-climbing foot as a prop just to shift your weight back and then lift your foot up. Okay. Just to take that pressure off of the stand and just go up the tree. It, it's really effortless. It's really, again, it's really quiet when once you get the hang of it. Because it's like anything else. Like, you have to get used to it. That's why we strongly urge people before they go out and hunt with it, you know, go out and play with it in the yard. Go out and just find, like, a even a tree that just you can only get six up in. Just get comfortable with it. Understand its mechanism. So when you're going into the woods for the first time, you're not fumbling around. Okay. So does it have, because it's happened to me and I'm an idiot and didn't put the tether that holds the two halves together, right, on a tree stand. And you'll be doing something and you mm -hmm. kick it or bump it with your foot or you have it set because you, you have it set super tight so it's leaning real hard on an angle towards the tree because as you get higher up, that tree tapers up and you want it tight when you get up there. And just doing stupid stuff like that, but it's at an extreme angle when you're first climbing up and you get it like four feet up and I've done it and then you drop out that bottom of the tree stand. Is there something that kind of like you attach a tether or something to your, your, <laughs> you get what I'm saying, right? To your uh, <laughs> saddle or something to yep. where it does that? Yes, sir. We send that with um, every tree stand. Um, me and Alice call it the lifeline. It's sent with every tree stand. Um, it's just a foot you tie to the saddle and you tie it to the stand because like you said, yes, it has happened to all of us and that's not a fun place to be. Because <laughs> I can just imagine, you know, you, somebody not doing that. And, uh, I mean, does it come with, <laughs> it's got to come with some type of like important, please notice, please read this something, right. That says that yep. because, okay. Because I Absolutely. can picture it in my head, some guy being three quarters <laughs> of the way up, you know, or, or 20 feet in the air and all of a sudden going, oh man, how am I going to get down now? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> If you, if you've hung out a climber long enough, you've been there and it's not a good feeling. Yeah. So that's, I mean, there was a lot of things where I was like, man, I don't want to hunt out of a climber anymore, but I think it seems pretty cool. Um, you, you talked about like 
how you guys tested it and stuff like that, but what kind of refinement and stuff did it go through through the development phases before you got to where you are like now? (laughs) Um, My favorite one was um, we started out with aluminum teeth. Oh, teeth on the, for the grab in the tree for your, yeah. 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 Just because we wanted to emphasize uh, the lightness of it. And that got literally two climbs until they all bent. And then we were like, all right, we got to go with steel. <laughs> yeah. Um, that and um, really just improvement with the straps. Just, um, just through trial and error, we started out with some plastic uh, buckles on the straps. And through trying to tighten them too much, you know, they broke. So we went to metal clamps on the straps and uh, pin keepers <clears throat> for the um, pins. Um, that was a fun one. We were back in way back in the national forest and uh, lost a couple of the pins. So we were kind of left to just sit and bow hunt at the base of the tree. <laughs> so that's been a couple of the, uh, the, the fun trial and error ones. So, I mean, do you have something now that attaches the pins so they stay on it or, or you got to like, mm-hmm. or do you just buy extra pins just in case? How's that work? Well, we do offer, <laughs> um, on the website, extra pins, but no, um, Josh came up with, uh, a pin keeper system, which is a very, very, very thin cable that um, goes through each one of the pins and attaches to the tree or to the tree stand. So um, that doesn't happen. So if you do drop your pins, they'll be still attached to your tree stand. That's good. And you were talking about there's a video on YouTube of that describes on how to how to go about climbing and stuff. I mean, is there like more information out there than like more videos than just one, or is it so far just one that somebody's done? Perfect. I get to give a shout out to my buddy, Tyler Weaver. Um, so our good buddy, Tyler Weaver, um, who films for the given right, um, a couple weekends ago, he did a really good video with me and the guys and, uh, that really showcases in much, much, much better quality, how to climb with a stand and how to set up the stand. That video is in production currently. Um, the one that we have on YouTube was just shot off an iPhone. Um, we're not a big company with big investors. This is something that each one of us does after we get off work and on weekends. And, you know, we have just as much time invested each week, if not more into the stands than we do our day jobs. Um, but the video that he has is currently in production. Once he gets back from whatever Midwest state he's in right now, <laughs> he's going to edit it and put it together and put it out there. And I'll have it <clears throat> posted on our Facebook page, which is just Baron Ridge Tree Stands. And I'll have it on our Instagram page as well, which is also just Baron Ridge Tree Stands. Yeah. No, so that'll be out there hopefully very, very soon. That's cool. So I'm kind of curious, um, what's what's the actual price point on on these tree stands for everybody if if they're wanting to like actually get one and stuff is there um a pre-order phase right now how where, where are you at with that um no we have a handful in stock right now um we just recently started offering a bronze color and a green color to go along with the black and camo um the price point right now is 280 dollars, and everything is made in Augusta County, Virginia. 
Um, it's welded in Virginia. We have some welders who we're really close with that are full-time certified welders. A couple of them weld for the government. They are powder coated, not painted here in Waynesboro, Virginia. Um, everything's made in-house here in the USA, in Virginia. So that's kind of why the price point is the way it is, is just that, you know, welders, powder coating. No, I mean, I, I get it. I mean, it's, it looks like it's well-made. It, it definitely does. Um, what kind of, is there like a warranty or anything with it or a guarantee or anything like that coming along with it? Or you, they just don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> no, there is a, um, there is a warranty. If there's anything on our end that malfunctions, um, we absolutely honor that and we will be on top of it. You reach out to us. Josh is on top of his game with the email. He'll reach right back out to you. <clears throat> probably if he keeps it up like he is right now within the hour, <laughs> within the hour that you email him, email Baron Street Sands LLC. Um, he'll be right back with you. Anything that goes wrong as far as quality production, whatever, we're going to honor it and we will send you either a new one or a full refund. Have you had any issues so far? I can't really see anybody beating <clears throat> them up too bad yet. <laughs> uh, luckily we haven't had too many issues <laughs> okay luckily praise the lord <laughs> <laughs> so so you hunted out of it all all season so far this year mm -hmm. yes sir how, how's it been i mean hunting out of it is it pretty cool to know that i mean is that the first full year you've been hunting out of it or is it uh i mean i know you had your developmental phases but now that it's like full full-on production is that kind of something that yeah this is my first year um saddle hunting at all and it's been it's it's been a game changer for myself um there's really no other way i'd really rather hunt than just out of my saddle and seriously out of the tree stand like i said though we're much more blessed than many others we have you know pick your tree pick yeah. your tree that you want to hunt out of because they're all straight um it's a lot of fun it's really easy like i said with the wind direction playing a big factor in it like i want to hunt this area well the wind's not right. Well, it doesn't really matter. I can move 60 yards up the ridge and I'll be fine. It's been a lot of fun. It's just another tool in your belt. It's not meant to replace the sticks. And for those people out there that hunt out sticks or one stick, I respect the hell out of people that hunt <laughs> the one stick method because they are crazy. <laughs> um, like I said, it's just another tool in your belt. Yeah. Um, if you're going to go after big bucks, you got to be adaptive. Like you are only going to kill him when he's ready to die. You're only going to kill him when he slips up and you got to adapt. You know, that scenario might not always be out of our tree stand. It may be that he's hung up in a cedar thicket on a clear cut and you can't use our stand and that's okay. We're just out here just to help people and just to offer another option. We just, all we want to do is just help all the hunters get that big buck. And if that happens to be out of our stand, that's great. If not, then power to you. I support all saddle hunters. <laughs> yeah. No matter which, no matter if you go with the tethered sticks or the hawk aliens, whatever. Like, you just you you have to adapt, and that's really the main reason we brought it to market because we helped a couple of our friends out, and they bagged some good bucks out of it. And you know, we just want to offer just another option. No, I think that's really cool. Like, 
um, I kind of got to know the guys from Tuebor Saddles a little bit, and it's the same thing. And I, we just did an episode with them, and uh, he was he was talking about. He's like, you know, I don't care if you use our saddle or not. He's like, we just want to develop cool stuff. We want to get out there, you know, in the in in the space, and hopefully people like our stuff. But you know, we're always willing to improve and kind of do things like that. And it kind of seems like seems like you guys have the same attitude. But like you said, it's adding another tool to your belt. And I, my buddy, uh, was was just talking about how he almost wants to switch back to a climber, but he loves sitting in a saddle. He loves how he can swing around the tree in a saddle or, you know, do those things. But at the same time, he doesn't like one sticking that much, and that's what he does. He, he said he loves mm-hmm. climbing down out of the tree because of the one stick, but this year I, I've noticed he's done a lot more where he's actually putting, you know, three or four sticks on the tree instead of one sticking. And he's just like, man, there's so many trees where I could just climb right up. So he started actually pre-setting up on like his property that he goes down to uh his climber and using his climber again because he just didn't want to have to deal with the one sticking up and down and stuff like that and I told him I'm like man there's got to be something out there and it was like right after I said that or we were talking about it and I don't know if it's straight up Facebook spying on me listening to me you know on my phone but I can't remember it because I saw something first and it was in a post on like a saddle saddle hunting classifieds or saddle hunting forum or something like that. And and you and I talked about it earlier, it was your buddy talking about how you guys just launched. And I saw it and didn't really think much of it, didn't pay attention just because, you know, you everything is in bits and pieces these days and everybody wants instant gratification. You just keep swiping with that finger and sometimes it doesn't always register. So don't get mad at me. Don't take any offense to that. It's just our nature that we've been conditioned to do these days. But it wasn't a little bit long, la- later than that. I was talking to my buddy, and I was like, I think there is something out there like that. I can't remember. We started talking about it, and sure enough, I think it was an ad or something that popped up. Are you guys doing advertising? I am. <clears throat> I'm paying for both uh, <laughs> Facebook and Instagram. I've, I've dropped a little bit of personal money in just because, you know, I just want to spread the brain and just get people talking about us, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's funny. Big brother's always listening. Don't they ever forget that. They are spying on you. And sure enough, it popped up and I was like, <laughs> oh man, I need to check this out. And it was really neat. <laughs> so I'm like, I got, I got to talk to these guys. I got to find out more. I got to know what's going on with this product. And then I'm going to tell my buddy about it. And I bet you he's probably going to get one for sure, because it's something that's right in that avenue up to where he still wants to do certain things, but wants to be out of the saddle. Me, I don't know necessarily, like I have applications that I think it would be pretty good in, but at the same time, a lot of the stuff I hunt, I don't, but I, I, I think it's a really, really cool product and I'm kind of excited to see how far it takes it because it definitely is something that's new to the industry. It's something that's maybe not necessarily new to the industry, right? But it's, it's repurposed, Mm -hmm. it's redesigned for an entirely different application, which is, which is pretty cool. And it's, it's neat to see how open of a space it is for ideas for saddle hunting and the possibilities are just endless and it's so cool to see something just all of a sudden you know come from from thought to to prototype to trial and error and getting out there and all of a sudden now it's a product that's available it's out on the market and and i really like that and um i think it's pretty cool that you guys are doing that and uh i appreciate you coming on and talking about it today and uh 
if if everybody wants to find your product, where where do they go to buy it? Where do they go to see your videos? And where do they go to get a hold of you if they got any questions and all that good stuff? So all our contact info is available on barrenridgetreestands.com. You can find us on Facebook. Um, we have a Facebook page just called Barren Ridge Tree Sands. You can find me. I'm Aaron Sheets on Facebook. I'm the hick in a Virginia Tech hat holding a nine-pointer. Um, you can find <laughs> us on Instagram at Barren Ridge Tree Sands. <laughs> um, please feel free to reach out. Man. This has just been an absolute dream come true. Like everybody out there on Facebook that's been posting, commenting, good, bad, and different. I've read them all. Um, the constructive criticism, we have been listening to you. We see your comments and we are talking about them endlessly on Waste and Proof. We're not going to be a one-trick pony. We're going to adapt and develop something else, hopefully within the next year or two. Um, again, just thank you all for commenting on it. And Luke, thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for coming on and talking to me and uh, coming out. You guys came out with a cool product, and I'm excited to see it, see it in production. You know, and further down the road and see see where it takes you. So that's really cool. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you. And once again, thank you so much for listening to the Publicly Challenged podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, please subscribe on whatever platform it is you're listening to. Also, if you could leave a review, that would help us out. And you can check us out on Instagram or at publiclychallenged.com. And once again, thank you so much for listening to the show. most legendary shows in the outdoors is on waypoint tv don't miss primo's truth about hunting wednesday nights at 7 p.m eastern on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment on mondays head offshore with captain scott walker and steve roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures coming to me coming to me coming to me Double. he's jumping he's jumping he's jumping oh, oh. That don't miss mondays with into the blue brought to you by academy sports and outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m eastern tell a few fish stories along the way on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment